it made me so mad, I told him to get out of my building. I said, if you can't understand that abortion is murder, then I don't want to talk to you. Get out. Hey, my friends, I am so glad to bring you a real hero of mine. His name is Terry Barber. Everybody knows the CDs that you had, okay, in years gone by. We had these CDs always at the back of the churches. They were awesome. They led you to real faith because they were hardcore. They give you the truth when you couldn't get it anywhere else. And there was these awesome CDs in the back of almost every church. This is the man responsible. I'm going to introduce you to him in just a second. But we're here actually to talk about a project that he's been into now for some time. It's a project that you really need to take a serious look at for copying yourselves. That's going to sound hard and weird because it's about the purchase of a church. You know how all these churches are closing? People are using them for bars and whatever else. Terry's rescued a church. And there's a real thing you can do with that. You're going to be fascinated by what's already been done and what a great miracle has occurred because Terry Barber has purchased this church right behind us. This is John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Hello, dear LifeSite viewers. We are living in a moment of truth. Each day we encounter the evils of the woke agenda, especially during this month of June, as the woke corporations, they continue to infiltrate our homes via the media. Now this month, the mainstream media works over time to spread false teaching and make a mockery of traditional families and the Christian values we hold most dear. But look around. Look at the pushback against Bud Light and Target. People are finally starting to wake up and they're actually looking. They're looking for the clarity and answers. So this is our moment to give the world what they need so desperately, the truth. We have a golden opportunity right now. There's a surge of interest and we need to jump on it to give the public the truth on life, faith, family, and freedom that they so desperately need. But you know what? We can't do that without you. We are in the midst of a quarterly summer fundraising campaign and we are in need of your support, both prayerful and financial. We must raise a minimum of 500000 before June 30th. So please donate at the link in the description below and be on the lookout as LifeSite will be on the road during this month of June, heading to Los Angeles, to Chicago, to Washington, D.C., all to shed the light of truth during this critical time. Thank you so much for your prayers and for your support and your dedication. Let's take advantage of this moment and by the grace of God, may our efforts serve him and his truth and may that bear much fruit. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. May God bless you. We're actually inside right now with just a few minutes because as usual, this church is being used. So Terry, tell us, yeah, you're in the historic Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. 25 years ago, we purchased this church for the honor and glory of God. I will tell you that this church was built with hard dollars of, of 12 families that started this church back in 1911. We have amazing stained glass windows. The woodwork you couldn't build today. That's what contractors tell me. And we have lots of masses. We have the Anglican Ordinariate Mass. We have the Melkite Mass. The Melkite Mass. We also have the Maronite Mass. We have the Latin Mass. 
We have lots of types of masses here because this church is being used quite a bit. We have over 200 funerals a year here. And right now we have a men's conference, a couple hundred men here. And so we are very busy here. And I'm going to tell you outside to the church how this church was saved from the wrecking ball. You won't want to miss that. All these stained glass windows just jump out at you. And as you know, we should all have a devotion to the guardian angel. We always say uh, the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. So put them to work. And so that stained glass window reminds us that we're living in the presence of God with our guardian angel. We have so many other stained glass windows. Our Lady of Grace is here. And uh, this is, chapel was devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus. And uh, this, the, the rocks that were on this rock were brought down on horseback from the San Gabriel Mountains. It's just an amazing story of how this church was built. And now we're passing it on to the next generation. So we're just delighted that we have this here and that we're using it for the honor and glory of God. Is all of basically the structure and the things original still, or did you put in no, a whole I, bunch of I, stuff? I, I did not want to make it a historic monument because then they will control you, the city. Everything is original. We just spend lots of money restoring the wood with um, refinishing it. Uh, we also added communion rails. We redid the altars with marble. Um, yeah, we have ad orientum masses. As you can see, we don't have a freestanding altar. And um, we still have the altar stone. And when you hear how we bought this church, you're going to be amazed when we come a little later. One of the most beautiful things about this place is that it was used during COVID and during the lockdowns. The most beautiful thing is while all the world, or most of the world, was deprived of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, here, yeah. thanks to Terry and his team who were working to make this available, Catholics were fed the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. John Henry, I can tell you stories of people crying, coming into this church and praying before the Blessed Sacrament, and they said to me, I haven't been to church in months, and I'm just so thankful that this church is open. We had confessions going on with um, priests, and we had people coming 400 miles one way just to go to confession, and we did it all day long. And of course, we paid a price because the county tagged us. But you know what I say? So what? We need to stand for Christ. We, we can't have this uh, idea that they're going to close our churches because of something like COVID. I mean, we're more afraid of, we're more cynophobic than COVID-ophobic. Whatever. The point of it is, we opened up the churches, John, and we're going to do that. If it happens again, let them take us out. We're going to keep it open. Amen right here in California. So unreal. So we're going to go outside again so that because the men's conference is going on and uh, here they come. I can't do it. So we'll uh, back to you soon. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Terry, tell us, what is this all about? You, you bought a church? I did, Henry, John Henry, but I have to tell you, uh, it was God who, who intervened in this church. This was a chapel that was originally built in 1911. You can see the stone there. It was the original Catholic church in downtown Covina. And in the 1970s, they closed it because they built a big church here in Covina called Sacred Heart. It holds a thousand people. So they really pretty much just closed the chapel and um, for years. And then there was a group of people who wanted to have masses here and the pastor said, no, we're gonna sell it and we're gonna use the money to build a new hall. So uh, my brother was on the financial committee at the chapel, at the church. And when he said they were wanting to sell the church, 
I thought, well, maybe we're interested in it. So let me, how much? It was a half a million dollars, which wasn't a lot of money back 25 years ago, but we got the houses and we got the church and it was in terrible shape. So we were able to restore it with earthquake readiness, with retrofitting, we restored the stained glass windows and the rest. So what was happening is at that time, it was kind of delicate because uh, St. Joseph Communications, who I founded, as you know, we're putting out CDs with Lighthouse and, and St. Joe. Um, I had to put an offer on the church in my name. And I knew that Cardinal Mahoney wouldn't want that because of my connection with Mother Angelica and other people like her. Wait, wait, wait. Just before we go on, what do you mean by that? How did well, Cardinal Mahoney know? i tell you this. This is going to be news for everybody. But in but 1998, my good friend, Mother Angelica, who was close to me, I mean, I, she was an inspiration for me. And um, she called and said, Terry, I know that Cardinal Roger Mahoney is putting out a document called Faith We we faithfully gather. It's a document on the Holy Eucharist. And I would like you to overnight that document immediately from the diocesan newspaper. Being an obedient son, I said, yes, mother. And I did. And that night she went on television. Well, what happened is this. Uh, mother Angelica knew about Cardinal Mahoney and she really, I mean, she's been out to our place here in Southern California for our conferences. Uh, you know, she, so we've got a relationship since 1980 when they first started. And so mother called me through Deacon Bill Stoltmeyer. He was the deacon that was mother's right-hand man. You remember those days. And so I said, okay, if mother said to do it, mother said it, I'm obedient son. I, I overnighted the tidings, which is a diocesan newspaper, and the whole document was there. Well, when she read it, that was the night, and it's, anybody can go on YouTube and watch the what she said, but she basically uh, went after Cardinal Mahoney and saying, this is heresy. Christ is not present in the bread. You know, this, is, this has been going on with songs in our church, but the bottom line is when mother exploded on that, somehow, and I don't know how, I really don't, Cardinal Mahoney found out that I was the culprit who sent that document to mother. I don't know how that happened. So he sent me a letter in 1998. I have the letter. I can prove it, what he said. He said that canon law requires that you turn St. Joseph Communications over to the Diocese of Los Angeles. Now, at the time, we were the largest distributor of cassette tapes, you know, and we had Bishop Sheen, and we had all the good guys. Well, Father Benedict Rochelle, God rest his soul, he was a friend of mine. He found out that Cardinal Mahoney was trying to put some pressure on me. So I faxed the letter to him. He got Count Capone, a, an account, a, 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 a canon lawyer, in Rome to defend me. I was like, wow, this is getting interesting. Oh, wow. So then he wrote a letter for me as my representative and said, Your Eminence, this is a great letter. He says, could you tell me what canon you're referring to that says Mr. Barber needs to turn his apostolate over to you? Basically, that was the letter. And of course, I never heard another thing about it. And Raymond Arroyo, when he wrote the book on Mother Angelica, asked if he could put that in the book. And I said, I prefer not to. I have to live with the man. So that's the story. So I said to my wife, my bride of 35 years, I said, honey, you know, we can put a, another buyer in that the, that the Cardinal wouldn't know by name, and then we'll just transfer the deed after that. 
And she said, no, we're not going to do that, Terry. Oh, oh, my wife, what, what? She says, what we're going to do is ask the angels to protect us in purchasing this church so the Cardinal would never know who bought it. And because they asked me to send my catalog from St. Joseph Communications, a bio of all about who I am, because they wanted to know. And what's interesting is we closed the escrow and the real estate representative for the diocese called and said, hey, the, ma the boss wants to see who bought the church because I can't find the documents you sent me. Can you send them to me again? And remember my wife said the angels would make them lot. They did that. So the bottom line is yes, we bought the church. We restored it. We put communion rails back in. We redid the flooring. We uh, did all kinds of uh, work to, be, to make it restored to its original sign. You see the doors are all repainted and sanded and um, new roof, uh, put central air conditioning for our conferences, for all the things that we do. I mean, there's 200 funerals a, a year, 250 sometimes, almost one every day. And this is a great tool to think about this for people who are thinking about buying a church. We've got the, uh, the model to be able to raise the funds to justify buying the church. And I'll tell you why, John Henry. When you can uh, offer funerals to uh, funeral homes, they pay a stipend to come use your services. That's our biggest fundraiser for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So I want to encourage people, if they want to contact me about how we did it in detail, I mean, I'm okay if I give my cell phone, I give it out on the radio. It's 661-972-7872. You can call me. I'll encourage you because there's so many churches, as you said, that are going to be sold to Protestants, Muslims, other religions. We don't want to see that. Not to mention bars and discotheques. No, I didn't even. Yes. And, and I have to go back to this church. If you notice the rock behind me, those rocks were taken from the San Gabriel Mountains, probably 10 miles north of us. They were brought back on horse-drawn buggies. No cars back then. And the people who made the sacrifice to build this church, it's huge. And I just think that we as Catholics have this apostolic succession in our minds that our church goes back to the time of Christ. So this church, 100 years from now, please God, people will continue to be going to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. They'll be making visits to the Blessed Sacrament. They'll be going to confession. And there's one other thing I want to recommend to people who are thinking about buying a church. You've got the Anglican Ordinariate growing like a weed. They need places. You've got the TLM Mass. They need a place. So I just say this. God gave me the resources to borrow on my rental property. And through the grace of God, we did. And now we have this beautiful chapel for 25 years. And thousands of people are coming each month just through funerals. Not to include the retreats, the conferences that we have here. So God is really using this. And I think uh, nothing good about me. It's just a, that this is something that even a guy like me can do. And it, it basically it takes someone who says, look, I want to preserve our faith. And right now in the church, this is a crisis mode. I want you, our listeners here right now, to think about what is God calling you to do? You have resources. You can't take it with you. I know that for a fact. I got hundreds of funerals here. Not one dude took it with him. So if you've got the resources to save some churches, I'll give you one other story. In uh, Chicago, it's called Gary, Indiana Diocese. They sold 60 parishes. Mike Wick, friend of mine, he was the one who instrumentally sold them. He tried to keep them at least to Protestant churches, not Islam. 
they were giving these churches away, like ten, twenty thousand dollars. Now we paid a half a million dollars. We're in Southern California, 25 years ago. This is millions of dollars today. But I guarantee you, we have listeners right now are in a situation where the church is not being used. And I would encourage you, sincerely consider purchasing the church, and I'm willing to help you in any way to do that. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Now, Cardinal Mahoney, uh, he, if I was walking somewhere and he saw me, he would walk the other way because uh, we never did see eye to eye and he did everything he could to undermine you know, what we were doing in the diocese. And so I'll give you one more story that I don't, never one's ever heard this story, but they wrote a letter to me saying that the Cardinal wants to investigate you. And I thought, about what? You know, but fine. So Michael Downey, I still know the name. This is 20 some years ago. He's the, he was the, the lay theologian for Cardinal Mahoney. And he had some questions to ask me. Well, I had purchased also a commercial building off Interstate 10, where 270,000 cars drive by uh, every day. And it was our bookstore. And we also had a little room there that was for conferences. So I met him at the bookstore. And uh, if you guys haven't noticed, I'm not six foot five, I'm five foot four. I'm a little guy. And when Michael Downey came to visit with me, he, I set a table up and we, he decided to ask me some tough questions. He said, the Cardinal's concerned that you're pre-Vatican too. And I said, well, is the Bible pre-Vatican II? You gotta remember, I wrote a book called How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. He who asks questions has control. So I just started firing away. And when I, I, uh, I pointed out, I said, in this bookstore, there's hundreds of books. Would you show me one book that's not consistent with the perennial teachings of the church? And I'll burn it right now. And he went, oh no, uh, so now, I hesitate to tell the rest of the story because it's a little embarrassing, but all for God's glory, because we stood up for the truth. Michael Downey started telling me that we're concerned about your position on the pro-life issues. And I said, really? Tell me. He says, well, you have the idea that abortion is always wrong, always. And as a theologian, and I have a PhD, I'm Dr. Michael Downey, okay? Uh, we still have a debate about, you know, when life begins, theologically. So I stood up, and I won't repeat what I said because I had to go to confession. I'm just being honest with you guys. I got lower nature. It made me so mad, I told him to get out of my building. I said, if you can't uh, understand that abortion is murder, then I don't want to talk to you. Get out. Now... I apologize because I lost my cool, but when you talk talking about abortion as being open, I mean, that's over the top. 
a year later, I was at the Religious Ed Congress. You guys copy it. You talk all about. And I see Michael Downey there. So I went over to him to shake his hand because I'm not a vindictive person. I wanted to apologize to him. Say, you know, I'm sorry I got angry, but Michael, you can't say that to me about the innocent life. I'm not going to take that. Well, as soon as I said hello to him and I put my hand out, he wouldn't shake my hand. And he said, um, okay, because I wanted to apologize. I lost my temper with him. And he said to me, and so I said to him, well, Michael, what you been up to? And he said, well, I'm writing another book. And he was some esoteric book. And I said, Michael, I'm sure I'm, that's way over my head because I'm just a simple soul. You know, I, I, your books are probably way over my theological head. And he looked at me and he said, you're anything but simple. And then walked away at the religious head, never to talk to me again. The bottom line is this. Why do I tell this story? I don't normally tell these stories, John, Henry, but we laity. What did Fulton Sheen say in 1973? Who's going to save the church? We lay people have to stand up with clarity and charity. Tied into the church, tied into our apostolic work. I'm not afraid to speak the truth in season and out. And this is why we have this chapel here. Right now the men are being fed orthodoxy. They're manly men here talking about get out there and, and, and live your faith. Be the man of the house. Be, be the man that leads your family to Christ. And so, again, getting back to a pitch that says, you, our listener, I know you can buy churches right now. They're being sold to our Protestant brothers. I understand that. And not even to them, to Islam or to the bars. We need people that have the resources. And guys that as old as I am, most of us have resources to purchase these churches. And again, if you're hesitant about how do I make it funded, well, I can tell you exactly. We got good funding from funerals, quinceañeras, wed not weddings, but uh, I should say we used to, but only the Catholic weddings. So I just want to encourage people to step out and be bold right now because the church needs all of us to stand up for Christ in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. Tell us about some of the stories. You, you have some incredible stories of people who have been affected. Oh, yeah. how, how long have you had this church? 25 for? years now. 25 years. Wow, that's, it's at a time when you, you didn't sort of think about that need. Nowadays, it makes so much sense. You were set up for COVID like nobody oh, yeah, else. Like we were. Well, here's what happened. I'm on Virgin Most Powerful Radio with my brother Jesse. And we were not, a, we were like LifeSite News. We got kicked off of YouTube because we didn't buy it. Okay, it wasn't right. And that what's most important is the salvation of a soul than our body anyway. So... What we did is we advertised that we would not close our doors. And people came flocking every day to make visits to the Blessed Sacrament. We had masses quietly being done. I didn't advertise the mass, but I said, we're not going to close our doors. And then we organized confessions on Saturdays from 9 in the morning to 5 in the afternoon. Every Saturday, we had Norbertine priests. I won't say all the priests that came, but people came within over 400 miles one way to go to confession. They were that hungry, John Henry. And if we didn't have this church here to do it, uh, you know, we couldn't have done it. Now, I must admit, we're in LA County. It's highly regulated. 10 million people live here. So we got word that we're being fined for doing that. John Henry, can't take it with us. Now, 
I'm proud of my Protestant brothers at John that uh, Lighthouse. Um, excuse me, that that um, LifeSite News spoke about where they did the same thing. But we were the only Catholic church in Southern California that didn't close our churches. Think of the souls that were touched to get the sacrament of confession. Some of those people died, but they had confession before they died. Now, I have one other quick story. There's so many. We do Bible studies here. Matter of fact, every Tuesday, we have a convert course. This is exciting, folks, for me. We take Bishop Sheen and we bring him into this chapel every Tuesday because it's his convert course on audio. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> we also take the Baltimore Catechism number four, the adult catechism. Mm -hmm. And in 12 weeks, we take you through a crash course. Wow. And you're baptized after 12 weeks in the Catholic Church. I don't know of any other place that can do that. Our, the RCIA program, a year or two. But our pastor is supporting us, our bishop is supporting us in the convert courses. So that's one thing we're doing. But I have to tell you, over the years, we've even had a gentleman come in while our Bible study was going on, run into the church, get down in front of our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, and like, he didn't even see us. He walked in there and pleaded with our Lord, I'm sorry, I just killed a man. Please forgive me, Lord. Jesus, I did it, but I'm sorry. And we're just like, what? You know, and then he ran out, and never we never saw the man again. But why? The church doors were open, lights were on. This could have been sitting here. And here's the other thing that I want to encourage people. We have condominiums right next door to us. If this was knocked down, an investor, believe me, I got a real estate background. This would have put it, been put into units and made a lot of money. But this is why we did it. We wanted to preserve what is oh. And I didn't tell you this, John Henry, sorry. This is the most exciting part of this story. Once we bought the church, the previous pastor of the big church found out that we purchased the church. He calls me, John Henry, and says this, Terry, I can't believe our prayers were answered. And I said, what do you think your prayers were answered? He said, 21 years before that, we got outside the Sacred Heart Chapel because the pastor said we couldn't go inside. 12 of us men, prayed a rosary on our knees in front of the Sacred Heart stained glass window, and we buried an image of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, and we asked for their intercession. Right there, we prayed and said, Dear Holy Family, intercede that a lay Orthodox group would purchase this church and be used for the honor and glory of God. Those were his words. I about fell over in my chair, John Henry. And you said that they buried, they buried a, a little image of the Holy Family. Hmm. And they put it in a plastic bag, 18 inches down. My, my engineer at Virgin Most Powerful, Richard O'Bannon, got the shovel out, and we dug it up that no day. No way. Now, I still, I don't know show us where that is. Can you show us? I, I can show you. Well, we can walk around if you want. Yeah, please. Is this the original bell? No. Now, here's another story. I got that in there. Okay. The story on this bell tower... As you know, as Catholics, we have a tradition. When someone dies, you ring the bells to pray for their soul. So as part of our work for the salvation of souls, I got this bell in Mexico. A church had burned down. And then I had original rocks from the river, and we spent $30,000, well spent, to build this tower. And so at the, at the end of each funeral, we ring the bell asking people to pray for the repose of the soul who died. 
Beautiful. So one of the things about church bells, you got it from a church, right? Yeah, it's already been consecrated. So they're consecrated and exercised. And that means when they ring the bell, oh, yeah, it does an exorcism for as far as you can hear the bell. John Henry, we had the Opus Angelorum, Father Wolfgang, pray these prayers for 45 minutes just to make sure, because I said it came from a church, but we wanted to, he said, well, you know, it's conditional. <laughs> conditional it. baptism for the exactly. bells. Amazing. You get it? Amazing. So we had great time to do this. And then we landscaped this with the desert situation. Now I'd like to take you to the spot where the image of the Holy Family was buried for decades. Amazing. Let's go. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those doors were just done last week. You see, cost every two years we have to re finish them. Oh, wow. Why would I want to put some phony domes, modern yeah. doors? No way. All right, so here's what we got. We cross over. And this is saving water, so we're dead. <laughs> You know how cool it is? Two big air conditioning units. Uh, no matter if it's 100, you're cold in there. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. Tell me when you're ready. This is in the sun, though. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Above me is the Sacred Heart of Jesus statue, or stained glass window. And what Father said is go directly below that and start digging. So we went 18 inches down into the ground, and we, saw, we felt there was a little plastic bag, and we dug it up opened up the bag, and there was the image of the Holy Family. Amazing. And we were just like moved by it in tears. I mean, this was, this was a touching moment for all of us here at Virgin Most Powerful. How long Most had Powerful. you been here when you got the story? How long had I been here? About a month. Okay. So it took a little bit. He's in Tucson, Arizona. He's a Eastern Rite priest now. Okay. And his name, um, oh gosh, let me think of it real quick. Because you like documentation, so hang on. Uh, Father... I just had his name again. He, he left. He could, Mahoney and him didn't get along. That's why he left. Uh. Um, oh, Father Rankin. Father John Rankin okay. is the priest who was an associate here at Sacred Heart in Covina who, told, who, who prayed here decades before we purchased the church. And he's the one who told us, dig up the statue of the Holy Family underneath the stained glass window. And that's what we did, John Henry. Beautiful. Did you have the statue? It and I, I can't find it. I, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I thought of maybe building a little thing about it and put it, you know, on a, and I, it's just, it was, it was so, um, what's the word, soiled. Uh, it was so soiled that I, it almost didn't look, you know, okay. you could see that it was, there, but you know what I mean? Water and time. Yeah, yeah. It's not good for those little things. No, no. So that's our story. And um, I did, just another quick note, I did meet some of the relatives uh, that, uh, built this church and I actually got the receipts of what it cost to build this church in 1911 and it was $16,500 I got receipts for the wood everything and the way they built this church was by having chicken dinners to raise the money to purchase this church and obviously we got a couple houses back here our studios for Virgin Most Powerful are here and uh, this has really become a hub for orthodoxy. People know us because they know when they come here, they're going to get full contact Catholicism. Beautiful. Can you show us the studios? Absolutely. It's probably a mess right now because I love so many. <laughs> I paid $250 for that, stu that uh, stadium, I mean the stool. Yeah. No one would rent it to me. I said, all right, I guess I own one now. <laughs>
Come on in. Okay, so what we have, and it's, it's pretty messy because of the conference. When it's, this is probably not the best time to take a picture. But as you know, the Benedict, St. Benedict. Yeah, yeah. This is what's behind me, full sheen ahead. You see Ah, uh, yes, yes, that, yes. But that's uh, the green screen, you know. Ah, okay. So, so basically, Jesse Romero is in the Phoenix area. We have um, Father Chad Ripperger's guys in other, other states like New Mexico. Dan, who's here. And uh, this is where we actually broadcast all of our shows. We go to about 50 AM stations, plus we use social media. And I have to publicly thank not just John Henry Weston, but LifeSite News, because you broadcast our Bishop Strickland Hour. Yeah. And I thank you for that. Oh, it's a great privilege for us. Where, and you set up Bishop Strickland in his office, did you? I, well, yeah, yeah, no, Bishop Strickland does it in Tyler, Texas, yeah. every single week on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, so I've become, and I just want to, do you mind me saying something about Bishop no, Strickland? Because I so know him intimately. He is such a hero to yeah. all Life of us lifesaters. He's a, he's the American bishop, if you will. That's what we call it. And uh, it was such a privilege to process with him, to be with him, and to listen to him as, as we do at LifeSite, um, I would love this story. If you're able to share some of it. I will tell the story, but I will say this first. In 1911, this building was used for catechism classes. Mm -hmm. Do you see a connection now? <laughs> We're doing Baltimore catechism lessons to the world in a building that was used over 100 years ago to teach the faith. Amazing. I love it. All right, Bishop Strickland, many of you watch his show. I have to tell you, John Henry, you know, but the listeners, I've never met a bishop in my life that is so on fire for truth and that he will, no matter what the consequences are, he will speak the truth for the faith. And I'm convinced that if we had more bishops like Bishop Strickland, the church could be turned around. Absolutely. And I just want to say this, pray for him because so many, I'll just use modernists, attack him because they say he's rigid. He shouldn't be doing this. He shouldn't be going out to Los Angeles to go protest the Dodgers because it makes the church look silly. And he says, my moral conscience says I need to do these things. And so many times, how many bishops will say this on the air? Terry, if I ever say something that's not in accordance with the Catholic faith, Correct me on the air, not later. Not too many will say that. Now, personally, the other thing I will say about Bishop Strickland is anybody who has a need, he's there. He's the model priest. I know this for a fact because we brought him out for the Spiritual Warfare Conference. There was a little boy, just uh, he was dying of cancer, and um, he needed to be anointed. And uh, Bishop Strickland said without a doubt, oh, yeah, when I'm in there, let's go do that. He's the same bishop that you guys saw on the hill blessing uh, the four corners of Southern California just a few months ago. He's, he's America's bishop, and I'll tell you why. Because he doesn't compromise at all when it comes to the faith. And I know our relationship, because I do a weekly show with him, trust me, I'm, I'm talking to him during the week about church situations. And if, you, if he was sitting here right now, he would be 100% behind what we're doing in that chapel. And even just, I'll just give a note, note, I got a text from him about the Dodger thing from last night when we're recording this. 
and he said it was a fantastic experience. Please send me some pictures. I want to show them with my friends. He's ordinary, but you know what? He's, he's extraordinary because he's doing things that all bishops should be doing, and that is teaching, governing, and sanctifying the faithful. Amen. You know what, Terry? You do that too. Praise God. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Thanks for taking Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.